So if you're talking to a decision maker, I would say, uh, so someone who's actually really understanding risk opportunities, talking about VP or C-level people, they don't want to think about your solution or, or whatever. They want to think about like, how can you move a huge problem they have? So I don't know if you could sell a crystal ball where they can understand what's going to happen in three months, they would pay millions for that because that would solve potentially a 10 million euro problem. So I would really kind of, you know, understand what problems they're going through. And if you can bring some kind of solution or reflection for them, as I said, by giving a guide or, you know, you, you, you heard a podcast, I don't know, so anything, you know, there's so much content you can provide. So you create a bit of content for them. Say, hey, here's like, a, you know, um, it's a one page. I did like a one pager with like 25 links to interesting resources for, you know, navigating the crisis. And you say, hey, you know, I'd like to share that with you and understand what are your top priorities right now and see, you know, if, if there's anything I can do. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So hi everyone, this is Doug Diogo Bronze with the Lisbon Unlimited. Today my guest is Thibaut Soris. He is now CEO and founder of Sales Labs, a consulting company. He coaches and trains business-to-business uh, tech founders and sales teams to achieve high-growth sales. And um, he has loads of experience in sales. He has been doing uh, sales podcasts. He has been doing sales webinars. And also, he is a sales mentor at Techstars. And he has been doing sales as well in other companies like uh, Branch and others, um, Applause, and even managing teams. So he is pretty solid when, he talk, when it comes to sales. Um, I invited him today because um, the world has changed. There is a huge crisis in the Western world, world. And I would love to understand how teams could be able, could still sell under the lockdown, how, what they could do or what they can do. And um, yeah, let's just hear some tips. And I hope this is useful for most of you guys listening. Thank you, Thibaut. Hey, thanks, Diego, for inviting me. Super happy to be there. All right, perfect. Thibaut, first question, I wouldn't like to go straight into our topic. I wanted to understand how you ended up in sales and your um, journey to become what you are now, which is a sales influencer. Mm, okay, so thanks for calling me a, a sales influencer. Uh, like, um, I, I, you know, I never define myself like that as an influencer or whatever, but uh, it's good to hear. So pretty cool. But I started my journey in sales, I would say, when I was 15. So um, I actually, I was with a friend at school and we, we, we started thinking of uh, doing like airplane renting service, you know, small planes. And, you know, like uh, it was just like we were teenagers, you know, so we kind of gave us, a, a, you know, like he, he thought about it for an evening and then, you know, he kind of gave up and me, I was like, yes, that's a good idea. And then, you know, I kind of gave up, but I really wanted to learn how to fly planes. So um, I, I went to my parents and say, hey, can you pay me, a, you know, like a pilot license? And they say, okay, how much is this? I say, it's like 12,000 12, Swiss francs. And they say, okay, no. So it's a, it's a big no. 
And uh, then they told me, you know, like I talked with my, you know, I was like, okay, but I really want to do it. How can I do it and everything? And then I talked with my grandfather. I was at Christmas at the time. And he said, hey, stop talking. Just go to the airport and try and make money by cleaning your planes or whatever. So I went to the airport in Lausanne. I approached like a private, um, you know, airplane owners and said, hey, looks like you're pretty rich. Do you want me to clean your plane for 20 Swiss francs an hour? And they say, yeah. So I started like selling airplane cleaning services. And uh, that, was, that was kind of my, when I discovered business and, and you know, selling. So that was pretty cool, but I, I didn't want to kind of like uh, uh, clean airplanes all my life. So I went to university in Canada where I studied marketing. And, uh, and in the meanwhile, you know, I was like also a partner in a company called Body Pilots, which was like a, a platform for general aviation. And there, you know, we, we built a product for three years. No one would buy it. And uh, yeah, it kind of failed, but it was a really huge learning. And then I moved to Berlin where I really started in B2B sales. So I, I work for a company called, called Applause, which is a, a Boston-based company, but they have a, an office in Berlin. And I grew the French market from zero to 2.5 million of revenue in two and a half years and grew the team from one to 10. And so that's, that's a bit like how I got, like I, I got my main experience in, uh, in B2B sales. Then I moved to another company called Branch. And there, you know, it's like, I thought I would rock it, you know, and, and I stayed five months. I hated working there. Um, and, you know, because it was very tough product to sell and many other reasons, but basically I was tired of having a boss. Mm -hmm. And so in this moment, I met a guy called Skip Miller, who, uh, you know, who's a sales trainer in the US. And, uh, you know, when I saw how much money he was making and when I saw how amazing, you know, his kind of training was, I was like, okay, that's what I want to make. So, you know, I left, uh, you know, the company, started my own business, and now I'm doing something like that. I'm not at the level of skip yet, but uh, working hard to, uh, you know, to, to kind of train sales teams all over Europe. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. It takes time. It takes time to yeah. be a master at what you do, but I really appreciate the way that you're doing stuff like for, since your childhood, um, just uh, quit the world like you listen to your grandfather, just quit talking, just do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you went for it. I guess that's uh, the DNA of a salesperson. It's just people that go after stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You need to have that drive. And um, yeah, you, try, you started a, 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 a company now um, where you want to mentor people and teams into um, improve their sales processes. And uh, how did you start by doing that? I know it's, when you look at it, it looks like an ocean of things that you mm -hmm. need to do, but actually, um, there are a couple processes that you can apply to multiple companies. Could you give us a quick overview of what you start to do when you reach, a, when you go to a company and what things you would do? Of course, don't tell us everything, but mm -hmm. just as a quick overview. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, um, my company says labs. So it's, uh, it's basically, you know, I'm, I'm the only one in the company and I wanted to stay that way. Um, but the idea is um, I'm, I'm focusing really on like uh, two things. So it's like starting more conversations through social selling. So using LinkedIn, I'm not talking about building a personal brand as such, you know, so my, my tips also apply to junior SDRs or anyone who's in sales, even if they don't have experience, the idea is kind of to, um, to kind of create content that actually attracts your prospects and then you can start more conversations. So that's one part of the training I provide. And the other part is how you can, you know, drive uh, deals to close faster. So a lot of things often, you know, you have uh, companies that are inbound driven, Things mm -hmm. are going well, but they plateau in their revenue and they need to, you know, go, go a bit more like they just want to keep growing. And then, you know, often the solution is to, to go for outbound or increase your deal size and go more to mid market, you know. So I help companies doing that. And the way I do it is really through trainings. So, you know, you have like group trainings, you know, workshops, uh, also some coaching, you know, to make sure there's reinforcement. 
And you know, like I'm also like doing a bit of uh, consulting as such. So there in more workshops where I will go with founders who need like a bit of guidance. And there, you know, it's like, we'll take one day or two, work like super hard for these, uh, these two days, like kind of understand what they've been trying to do. And, uh, and then, you know, like kind of understand why, how we can build their minimum viable sales process, I call that. And that's for like an kind of early stage founders. And yeah, so, so the idea is, is I'm not like um, a consultant that will spend two weeks in your company talking with everyone and building like a slide deck of 200 slides to tell you like how you should do things. I will just like, that's what I started actually when I, when I began, I began, I was like, okay, I can fix any problem. If you want me to implement Salesforce or CRM, I can do it for you. I started doing that and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm okay, but I know so many people who are much better than me. So I'm going to focus on what I'm really good at. And in general, it's like making people talk and uh, kind of coaching them. So that's, that's really the, the main focus, what I'm doing, yeah. So you focus more on people. Uh, of course, you take a look at the processes, but yeah. definitely people are the hard asset on sales, the most yeah. important factor. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing is the process are, are, you know, it's like it's important to have like a good core base, but you know, it's, um, I can't go, for example, and say to Pipedrive, I can't go and say, hey guys, I'm going to bring you to, you know, you're at, I don't know how many million AR, I will bring you to 10x that. I can't, you know, I can, I can help you understanding what you have to do to, to, to go there, but I won't be able to, to deliver that as such. Um, because yeah, it's like, that would, I would be lying if I was saying I'm an expert in doing that. But if you need to, to have your, your reps trained and have like a, you know, a new idea on how to, for example, use LinkedIn, that's where I have a lot of more experience. And the thing is, I believe like most of what I'm, I've, uh, I'm, I'm training, I've actually learned and I'm still doing it right now. So it's not like a program I bought or whatever or franchise like Sandler that I kind of purchase and then I'm delivering it. It's something I'm trying every day, doing a lot of experiments. And then, you know, I'm sharing my results and training people on that. All right. All right. Yeah. That's the humble approach. You don't overpromise things. You just build a process with the company. Yeah. I admire that. Um, I would say it will happen one day that one company that you coach will do that and you will mm -hmm. be able to tell people this company that I uh, worked with, they've reached this target of ARR because of what I, we done. But definitely I would, I would, I would, I, I totally uh, understand that human, humane approach to, to mm -hmm. targets. Yeah. You mentioned something pretty interesting, which is LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I know that you do some trainings on social branding people. Yeah. And so picking up on the topic that um, brought us together today, which is um, the lockdown. Now you can mm -hmm. still sell that way. I would make a, a, like a previous chapter where I would ask, how important is it that social branding uh, might influence the way that you're saying now that you're locked down at home. So, so I'll so I'll say social selling if if you if you allow me uh, in, because I'm not an expert in branding as such. So um, the thing is, right now I saw a stat. I think the um, engagement on LinkedIn and traffic increased by I'm not the traffic, but the engagement increased by a thousand seven hundred percent since like, last two weeks. I think so. People are way more on LinkedIn because that's a good way to socialize. It's a social network. Um, so right now I think is a key moment if you want to build your brand on LinkedIn and if you want to kind of do social selling, the thing is you can't go and try uh, to approach people like you used to, you know, with a predefined pitch and a corporate approach, I would say you have to go and try and understand what they are going through. So I had a webinar yesterday uh, on Wednesday with a uh, skip who's like this, you know, this trainer in the U S and we talked about that. And the idea is to, you know, it's, it's now it's starting to be a bit cliche, but it's lead with empathy and, uh, and kind of try and understand what people are going through. 
And you, you know, like everyone priorities have shifted. Everyone is a bit like uh, freaking out on what they have to do. A lot of people have been laid out, um, laid off, sorry. Um, and in the US, for example, now there's like 3 million people who applied for unemployment benefits. It's never seen before. So like for me, I see that these are like crazy reactions and then, you know, things will go down when everything is more clear. But the thing is, um, yeah, you can't go and take the other approach. So one thing that is really interesting to do is to actually solve, answer questions people are asking themselves. And I can give you an example of what I'm doing and I would recommend anyone who actually has to do cold outreach to do. It's very simple. You approach people you want to talk with. So for me, it's often VP of sales and, and you know, these kind of people. And you say, hey, I'm building a guide where I want to build a guide, you know, to, you know, help navigating the crisis for, you know, VPs of sales for 2020. And I just want to know, like, like ask you three questions for five minutes, understand what, what are, you know, the vision, the things you, you think are going to come so I can build a guide, quote you in there, and then share this guide with as many people as I want. And I can tell you, uh, I've got Chris Arlov from Gong. I've got Kyle from Shopify. I got uh, Oli from uh, Salesloft. I got like so many big names that I would have never like kind of had with a normal pitch. And you know, I don't want to sell them anything. I just want to understand what they want to do. And at some point, you know, we'll see, like maybe they will need anything. I don't know. I'm pretty sure they will cover it, but you know, that's a good way to build relationships. So I would say on LinkedIn right now on, or any other medium, the goal here is to understand like what people are going through and not try to push anything. If, if there's a problem they have, you can solve. For example, if they say, hey, uh, we are a team, like we, we always work, you know, in, in offices and now we are forced to be remote. If you have Zoom to sell, great, you know. Or if you have Pipedrive, for example, and, and they were using Excel before and they were just like making meetings in, they need, they need a CRM, they need something fast, they need something that they can implement quickly, then you have a solution for them. But you should not be, hey, that's my solution and uh, you have to try to build the relationship first. Yeah, that corporate approach is that I would say. And um, it might work maybe in some cultures or um, I, I, I know that, for example, in the US, it's a bit more common to have that. Mm -hmm. And the American uh, audience really likes that uh, you try to sell them something. Um, but yeah, but totally uh, being empathic and trying to understand what's happening in the other side and providing some value mm -hmm. is the way to sell. And um, how can people do that now that they're locked down? So is that a moment where salespeople need to realize what they should shift in order to start doing mm -hmm. that? How would you advise them to, to, to work with under the lockdown now? So, so what, what, what do you mean by that? Do you want to, you mean like in terms of tools or the way they approach people? Or? Yeah, overall, like tools are provided by the company mm -hmm. or if you have a small company, you need to probably fix new tools. So that could yeah. also be two questions for small, smaller businesses, what they should do to become mm -hmm. more versatile and sell more. And for companies that already have processes, probably the focus is more on the person. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of uh, tips could you give the, that, pe that, pe that person? So, I mean, the, uh, that comes, comes back to kind of providing value in your, in your, in your approach. So uh, I would kind of dump every automated sequence you have. Uh, if you have any tool that, that runs sequences, like most of your content can maybe be old-fashioned. So if you're selling events, for example, I, I was talking yesterday with uh, Scott Barker from Sales Hacker, and he told me he received like um, prospecting email and say, hey, Unleash is coming soon. Uh, let's meet at the booth or something like that. And Unleash has been canceled like every other conference. So, so you have to get your automation because this is going gonna, gonna to come back and bite you in the ass at some point. So I would say it's really 
Um, first, try different things. So one thing I, I really recommend people to do is to use LinkedIn a lot and do what I call a soft connect, which is just like an invitation to some, you know, a lot of people, so, some people you want to work with. And it's a connect where you kind of provide like a personalized invitation, which is non-threatening and, and not salesy. So it's like something, hey, I saw your profile popped in my, you know, in my suggestions. I'd like to see, you know, connect with you to see more of your updates and, you know, stay safe. Something very, very like, you know, non-threatening. And a lot of people will actually uh, accept your invitation. And when you do that, a good way to start would be to hit the voicemail uh, feature on LinkedIn. So you can record voicemails on LinkedIn. Uh, the idea is to use your phone because it's not in the uh, desktop app or web app. It's only on the phone. And there, you know, what I would do is again, uh, try and understand what they are going through. So if you're talking to a decision maker, I would say, uh, so someone who's actually really understanding risk opportunities, talking about VP or C-level people, they don't want to think about your solution or, or whatever. They want to think about like, how can you move a huge problem they have? So I don't know if you could sell a crystal ball where they can understand what's going to happen in three months, they would pay millions for that because that would solve potentially a 10 million euro problem. So I would really kind of, you know, understand what problems they're going through. And if you can bring some kind of solution or reflection for them, as I said, by giving a guide or, you know, you, you, you heard a podcast, I don't know, so anything, you know, there's so much content you can provide. So you create a bit of content for them. Say, hey, here's like, a, you know, um, it's a one page. I did like a one pager with like 25 links to interesting resources for, you know, navigating the crisis. And you say, hey, you know, I, I'd like to share that with you and understand what are your top priorities right now and see, you know, if, if there's anything I can do. And so I think that's, that's a good way to approach uh, people because then it's, it's very different. And uh, I've actually tried it and it works really well because it's, uh, you know, they, they just, yeah, you, you're not trying to push your feature. And often, you know, the more you provide, Josh Brown calls that uh, the, doing deposits. The more you, you give deposits and value upfront, the more it's going to come back at some point. And it's going to take a bit more time now to come back than it used to, to, to do, but um, it will come back at some point. So that's what I would do. For sure. And uh, what about the sales KPIs? Um, is it okay to still look at sales KPIs in a way that, um, in the traditional way now? For example, um, the time that you spend on your phone with your customers, are these valid KPIs or do you have an idea or do you have an approach on that? So, do you have KPIs like that where it's number of dials or everything every day that you have to, to hit or? Uh, no, at PyDrive, uh, our KPIs are pretty solid with the revenue, but okay. we have those KPIs or we have loads of KPIs that we can take a look at and analyze our business. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say um, that, we sh that companies should ditch or that are maybe not as important as they were before? Do you have an idea or, or, or some KPIs that you should definitely have? I know it depends a lot on business. Mm -hmm but some key takeaways because I, I still feel that online when looking at LinkedIn, some companies still value a lot of the talk time, for example, or yeah. number of calls that you're doing. So, and we're talking about the empathy. Is empathy mm -hmm. really needed to have like a 10 minute call with a person? Maybe one minute, 1.5 minutes will just do it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, I'm not a huge expert in KPIs. I've uh, worked in companies where we had crazy KPIs and I can absolutely understand the, the value and, and how reassuring it can be for a manager. But the thing is, um, right now everything's changed. And you know, like the, uh, I think you, you have to can adapt to kind of adapt your KPIs. So I would say <clears throat> it could be interesting to kind of lower KPIs uh, related to revenues. Um, but what I would focus on right now is how many conversations can you start? So how many opportunities can you open? And this is going to be harder to open opportunities than it used to, because like, um, 
I don't know if you had like a very targeted messaging at the time, you know, people had like this pretty much like people always have this problem. If they, for example, I take the expense management solution, the soft software, if you're selling this kind of thing, people are traveling and some companies are growing. So there's more people traveling, more expense, more, more problems. And it's quite easy to see like now no more travel. So a lot less expenses. So the problems are reducing. So I would say, um, is try and have more. Con so, you know, start these first conversations and for me it would be always the same thing is how many discovery calls can you book? You know, so that I would, I would take that, but I would also understand that your discovery calls will not open as many opportunities as they used to. So that I would really just focus right now on the pipeline and how, you know, how many of these top of the funnel can you, you know, opportunities can you, can you create? And, you know, you'll see as, as things will, uh, will, will set, you'll be able to push them a bit more because again, the thing is people do not make decisions because they don't understand their risk. They don't understand if they will be able to sell in Q2 or in Q3 or in Q4. So they can't make any decision as soon as they get it. So as soon, for example, as in Italy, they see a clear trend that the curve is peaking or whatever, then we know if you do a lockdown for one month, then you cannot get it under control. So then it's easy. You know, you say, okay, in two months. So I don't know, like at end of Q2, I can start, you know, come back to, to being normal and then they can plan many things. So yeah, that's what I will, it's a bit a long answer for a small question, but it was focus on the conversations and start more conversations. For sure. Um, at PyTrive, we have a clear vision that we should engage with as, as many uh, leads as we can. That's yeah. our main focus. And um, other KPIs are not as important as that one. Mm -hmm. So yeah. having the opportunity to really uh, engage with a person, just even to understand if, hey, are you testing this tool? You want help or not? You need our help to understand if it's needed. And the person will just tell us, oh, bug off. I don't need your help. And we'll, pretty cool. Okay, mm -hmm. just let yeah. us know. Or if the person then engages because, and I do think that on our side, we have had the sympathetic approach for a while now. Mm -hmm. Actor is a really sexy and cool product. And we've um, tried to express that on our sales yeah. uh, approach. But I, I do think that we could also improve that. So um, would it make sense, for example, on our um, first email to send, for example, our LinkedIn uh, link uh, so that people could engage with us or even send a, uh, a podcast link or even send a PDF on, um, I don't know, with help about something about sales because PipeDrive is definitely a sales mm -hmm. CRM. Yeah. So the good thing with PipeDrive is you have a lot of content uh, around, let's say, how to build your sales process. In the, you know, there's a guide, there's a lot of marketing, content marketing that has is been done. Uh, what I would do if I were like a, a rep, I, you know, because this guide, for example, uh, is pretty long to consume. So uh, often people don't have the, so much the attention and now everyone's competing for attention even more online. So what I would do is say, hey, I don't know, you're like... Um, you can see what I call a trigger. So if you go online or on the industry, there's a bunch of, of trends you can see or specific actions that happen to these people. So it could be, um, yeah, if, if you, I don't know, if you have a, a concert, like let's take the, you know, I don't have any kind of concrete case for now, but let's take the, uh, the old consulting approach that you're selling, a, you know, CRM to a consulting firm and you see the consulting firm goes well, they hire 10 more consultants. So you know, they, they will actually need like a lot more kind of to define a sales process to feed all these people. And then say, hey, we have a guide to define that. And typically, uh, consulting companies often see this, this problem. This like in paragraph two and three, or like you link it there, this is what we have. So you do like an extract and you include that in your email. And this is providing value because you do the work for them of curating the right, the thing they want to see. 
So that's, that's what I would do is try to understand something that is very personalized and very kind of um, relevant to them. And that's only half of the thing. So if you do that into an email, the problem is when you receive an email, you, it's very easy to see if it's a sales email, even if it's like a good email and everything. So what I would do is try and carry the message in a different way. So if you can use videos using, for example, Vidyard or, you know, like try these kind of things or Lemlist. I know you interviewed Guillaume also. These are great things to be, you know, great ways to be creative, actually. So being creative and relevant is, is what is really important in outreach. And that's what I would do. And um, yeah, it, you know, it's just really about that. It's like the thing with sales is before at the time where people were receiving hot leads with Rolodex, you know, I don't know if you, you, you've seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't. Where they uh, say, you know, always be closing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they, I, I've, yeah. I never seen the movie. I've seen that part, but yeah. So there's one thing where they receive like uh, uh, red letters and it's like the hot leads, you know, the, the, so it leads with information. And this now is, is widespread. So the goal of sales at the time, we had information and people had to talk to us to get this information and make a buying decision. Right now, buyers, they have all the information they want to make a buying decision and they talk with you because you know they're, they're trying to build this relationship and your job as a salesperson is to be relevant and be way more, more consultative than you know just providing information because the information is anyway provided better by your website or any other kind of piece of content. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that's a big takeaway. Um, providing value while still being um, a human person, a human being, mm -hmm. and trying to reach out with the, with the other person, not to provide like um, a solution that they don't need, but trying to provide the solution or yeah. a relationship for what they already want. Yeah, exactly. Um, because PyDrive does reach out to companies that trial PyDrive. We don't mm -hmm. reach out to people that are not testing it yet. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty cool takeaway. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. As a sales rep, as a, as a salesperson, what could of uh, tips could you give to people? Like uh, not only about the process, what they should do, but actually to people being locked down at home. Would you have any tips that are, um, that could bring them balance or anything? So, um, I mean, I'm not an expert in uh, life coaching or whatever, but um, one thing is, is uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's very hard to kind of relate uh, because I, I, I'm just like with my fiance, we don't have kids. Uh, you know, life is, is okay. We can work from home. So we're pretty much in the, uh, the tier of people that doesn't suffer as much, you know. So, but I understand a lot of people have kids. Uh, it's very noisy. I did an interview with the VP of sales when his kid, kid crying in the background. So, so um, I think what I've seen work well is uh, having this balance where if you're mom and dad, you know, mom works in the morning and dad takes care of the, of the baby and, you know, and, and you do this kind of thing. I think in most cities in Europe, you can still go for a walk uh, or, you know, like, so, so I think that's, uh, that's something that is good. But one thing is, is um, for me, it's very strange because since this all started, I'm way more like calm and composed than I used to be. Uh, and the reason for that is that um, you can either freak out because of what's happening, but you don't have any control of it on it, or you can just like uh, stop freaking out and focus on the reaction you have to it. And one good way to do that I found is it's going to be sound, sound super cliche, but it's every morning I meditate for 10 minutes. I have an app like I use calm and it's very, you know, it's, it's very nice. And now it's kind of became a, a, a nice routine and really seriously at some point it really helps you understand like that you just have to chill. And this is like, you know, it builds resilience. So, uh, 
we all uncertain about any everything. And uh, for most of us working, you know, in sales and in tech sales, we still have like a pretty decent runway. You know, economy was good before, so we had time to kind of save. So, you know, it, we're going to be fine. So that's that's really what I would say is just think of that and take take it as a time to kind of reflect on you. And uh, yeah, it's it's really like if you if you think about it, every kind of like thing that we're draining our attention from outside, they're kind of out now. There's no there's you know there's they, you can still see some for some industries, but like you don't need to commute anymore. You don't need to uh, you know to worry about so many different things because they don't exist anymore. So it's a good good way to kind of recenter because when things restart, I can tell you, you it's going to be hard to kind of recenter because we'll have so many things to take care of. So. Yeah, yeah, that would be my... Things will fire away. When it, when I, I do have that feeling as well that when it starts, people will have like, boom, now you have to work 24-7. Yeah. And, um, it might be a problem again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we'll, see, we'll see. The thing is, um, it's very hard to predict. Um, like it's been like a sudden stop of the economy, which is not like something what you see in typical recession. Most likely there's going to be a recession coming out of it. But I have an impression is that everyone kind of got stuck at home for a while. And for me personally, whenever like things are a bit over and, you know, I'm going to enjoy my, you know, going for a drink with friends in the sun, like so much. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be like, okay, finally, we can just like enjoy each other. And uh, I don't know, maybe people will be like super depressed, but I think people will be more happy because they, they, got, they got out of something tough together. Yeah. And that's how you, you know, that's how you build, uh, that's how you build countries. That's how you build tribes. That's how you build like teams. You put people together into something tough and they come out of it better. So that's, that's what I think will, will happen. Yeah, this is an opportunity for teams to um, get together in a different way, like not in a yeah. pub or at lunch, but uh, trying to come over a, an obstacle. And yeah. uh, this could be an opportunity despite everybody's at home to, so that people could build um, a team in the, in the same direction. Yeah, and one, one thing I'd like to add is like uh, it also forced our creativity. So there's one thing that is for me very, it's really nice. I mean, it's not nice, but it's very interesting and shows the human um, creativity is like um, drug dealers, for example, they switch to selling uh, counterfeits, masks, gloves, and all these things. This shows how creative humans are. So I, I mean, they do it for the wrong reasons, but they say, they didn't say, oh my God, that's terrible. They just say, okay, what's, what, what does the market need right now? And actually, people are freaking out. They are buying, you know, they, they are uh, fear-induced buying so we can sell them stuff, you know. And they sell counterfeit stuff and that's super dangerous and whatever. But you see how creative these people are. And so because, they, you know, there's no other way to make, to make money now. It's like, it's, it's very hard with lockdowns. You can't go and start selling weed, you know. So they just, they, 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 they go get creative. And uh, I mean, that's kind of a, an example. I totally got it. it, but it makes total sense. Like yeah. just um, adapt, overcome yeah. and adapt. <laughs> exactly. And a lot of people are doing like, uh, some people build respirators with like the Decathlon helmet, you know, like for scuba diving. I know. I, I checked that. It's great. <laughs> so the, this, you know, I don't know if it works, but like the, this shows how creative we are in, under under pressure. I've seen a guy here in Portugal. Uh, it went, ended up in, in TikTok or whatever. He had like a five gallon um like bottle of plastic yeah. cut enough and he was wearing it as a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy, but yeah, this yeah. guy really understood like, I'm going to do this. It costs yeah. me zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, thank you so much for this. I would love to understand just to wrap this up. 
Um, if companies um, need help in boosting their sales, startups usually they focus more on product than in sales, mm -hmm. and they want to reach out to you. How they should they do it, and what they could expect? So the the best for me is to reach out on LinkedIn. So you go and and find me. So Thibaut Suiris. I guess you're going to put the link to my LinkedIn, maybe to the description. Um, or Sales Labs, you know, uh, saleslabs.io. My website, I'm redoing it right now. It doesn't provide much info, but they can just, you know, come ask me anything. Uh, then, you know, we can jump on a quick call and then yeah, that's where we assess how we work together. So it can be very easily like uh, if some founder needs some kind of more consulting and understanding how to set a sales process, typically we'll do a workshop together. We can do that right now already um, because, you know, it's, it's very easy to do online. And then same for training and, uh, and this kind of thing. And I also like to give um, like advisory kind of uh, retainers where, you know, if you need like, uh, if you have to make tons of decisions in the next six months and you need some kind of support there, I can also do that. So yeah, that's, that's how, what people can expect from me. Perfect. And uh, I, do t I do hope that we can do our scheduled meetup that we had. Canceled. I'm sure we will. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we will. Yeah. It was a pretty interesting topic that AI on uh, how it can improve sales. Yeah, and by the way, I had no clue what I was about to talk about, but I've, I had many conversations now and now I, I know exactly what I would like to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, uh, it's better. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's it. Uh, Thibaut, thank you so much for attending this uh, podcast. I do hope that it's useful for us internally at PyDrive and especially for companies out there struggling. And um, I hope that uh, you can also... Uh, help other companies because I feel that that's what you want in the first place is to help people doing business and achieving yeah. their goals. Exactly, exactly. Thanks for having me, Diogo. That's oh, really cool. You're welcome. We'll be in touch. And um, if you need anything, obviously you have my LinkedIn. We'll be able to speak with each other. Thank you so much for this. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear, you can go to b2bsalespodcast.com to subscribe to the newsletter. You will receive the episode in your mailbox every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And don't forget to follow the episode on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And finally, if you know someone who could like that episode, feel free to share it.